0: It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. Tip top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday morning ticket for October the 19th. We've got two phenomenal guests lined up for you to talk about big football wins last night and Kevin Miles from Palmyra and Quentin Hamner from Hannibal, whose team has done quite the about face this season. But before we get into football, we have two incredible storylines that uh, just kind of transpired last night that made it one of the most historic and memorable Fridays in a long, long time. Fantastic stuff last night on two different fronts, and I'm going to start on the golf front from last night, where it was quite the performance by junior Alex McCullough of Quincy Notre Dame in the first round of the state tournament over at the course that Donald Albert Wybring built there yesterday. Fellow Quincy and Alex McCullough, Fires a 6-under par 65, which is the second lowest round in the history of the IHSA. Uh, McCullough is in first place by a single stroke at this point, but he has a chance if he can finish 3-under or better today to set the new scoring record for a state round overall. Again, Alex is on the poise and on the brink of perhaps winning a state championship individually. Quincy Notre Dame still in the mix as a team golf wise as well. Q&D currently at 301, four strokes back of Peoria Notre Dame, a team that Quincy Notre Dame beat in the sectional this week at Macomb. So lots of good stuff going as the Quincy Notre Dame team squad is currently tied for third place with a big chance to bring home a trophy. Some other state golf passings on to get to you as well. Also in the Class 1A event at Prairie Vista over in Bloomington Normal, Cole Hopping of Rushville Industry qualified for the individual cut. He's currently in 34th place with an 81 right now. On the girls' side, kind of a rough day for the Macomb Lady Bombers. They are currently in fifth place with a chance to climb up maybe into the trophy side of things. They're just three strokes behind third place Sacred Heart Griffin. Emma Thorman with a 79 yesterday to help lead the way for the Lady Bombers. And Lane Torrance with an 83. So that's your great non-football storyline. Your historic football storyline took place in what we thought would be the game of the week. It might be the eight-man game of the century last night. As number one Pattensburg goes to Shelbyville and loses to North Shelby, get this 92-88 to 88 in a game that took three hours and 19 minutes to play. A game that featured 26 total touchdowns and over 1,200 yards of total Offense by the two teams combined. The 180 combined points is believed to be the highest cumulative total in Misha history, both eight man and beyond. The stat lines last night just absolutely ridiculous for the victorious Raiders. Dayton Metis, 24 carries, 251 yards, four touchdowns rushing. And then he went 13-of-19 passing for 126 yards and two touchdowns, as good as he was. Opposing quarterback Stephen Wilhite in a loss, 40-of-55 passing, 489 yards, eight passing touchdowns. He also had 22 carries, 106 yards, and four rushing touchdowns. And still, North Shelby managed to beat them. North Shelby could very well be your number one ranked team in eight-man football. Five years ago, North Shelby could not win a game. For over a stretch of 70 games in 11-man football, my, how the tide has turned in Shelbyville. Again, huge win last night for North Shelby, 92-88 to in one of the craziest, wildest games I think we'll ever live to see. And North Shelby now trending very nicely towards the postseason. All right, elsewhere in uh, Northeast Missouri, last night Clark County shuts out Monroe City, forty-two to nothing. It was Centralia State undefeated going into West Hancock and winning sixty-two to twenty there. The Panthers are now eight-no on the season. Palmyra again. We'll talk to Kevin Miles in just a few minutes. Palmyra trailed, making eight to nothing in the third quarter, and the offense came alive last night as Palmyra wins twenty-two to eight to continue its nice run towards the district. Big game for Palmyra next week, obviously renewing hostility. In Monroe City with the Monroe City Panthers. South Shelby, a quality win at Brookfield last night, 28 to 20. Highland and Knox County will play tonight at 7 o'clock. Hannibal, as I mentioned, we're going to talk to Quentin Hamner as well. Fifth straight win for the Pirates. They knock off Marshall 63 15 to win the NCMC outright. Caden Morgan ties a school record with three interceptions last night, one of them a pick six. Scotland County improves the 7-1 and one on the season with a 44-34 win over Harrisburg. Paris shuts out Schuyler County, 47-0. Bowling Green, a winner over clopton Ellsbury, 35-6. North Calloway takes down Mark Twain, 46-8. Louisiana had to forfeit its game with Priory due to a lack of eligible players last night. So that wraps up the Missouri side of the slate. In Illinois, Quincy Notre Dame all over Marquette of Alton. 48 to 14. The Raiders now six and two on the season. They've absolutely guaranteed themselves a playoff spot after finishing three and six a year ago. Johnny Onimus, big night last night. Seven carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns. He also had a 35 yard receiving touchdown in the victory. Uh, it would be Muhammad Seymour keeping Macomb winless last night. 41 to nothing. Quincy High School struggles continue. The inconsistency is rough, and now the Blue Devils are in must win playoff territory. Uh, next week, if they want to advance onto the postseason, when they host Moline, the loss to Rocky last night, 35 to 19, was pretty damaging indeed. Beardstown still undefeated, the number four team in Class 3A football takes down Greenfield Northwestern, a very good team, 43 to 14 on its home turf last night. Pascal Gielavogi. 17 carries, 304 rushing yards, four touchdowns. He also had six tackles and an interception along the way. Unity Payson keeps its playoff hopes alive. With a win over North Green last night, 41-26 to was your final. Colin Crow, 15 carries, 104 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Camp Point Central improves to 7 on, 7 and 1 on the season with a 48-14 win over Calhoun. Brandon Rossmiller had 125 rushing yards and an 80 yard touchdown. Carrollton knocks off Triopia 80 to 6. We've got Route taking down Pleasant Hill Western 21 to 14. Brown County dodges a bullet and beats West Central to keep its playoff hopes alive 24-22. Also, Rushville Industry gets, uh, Gets upset last night at Alani West, despite leading early, eighteen to nothing in the Lafferty Bowl in a battle of coaching brothers last night. Alani West comes back and roars back to the victory, twenty-eight to twenty-six. Bushnell West Prairie with a 37-14 win over South Fulton last night. Pittsfield filled by powerhouse Williamsville, fifty-five to fourteen. Southeast Iowa Solon takes down Keokuk, forty-two to nothing. Fort Madison loses at Mount Pleasant, thirty-five to ten. By the way, Keokuk and Mount Pleasant square off in the season finale coming up next week at. Uh, Fort Madison and Central Lee wins for the first time this season 28 21 over Eddieville, Eddiesville, Blakesburg. Uh, Dalton Wester Camp with 210 rushing yards for the victors in that one. Tennis yesterday. Quincy Notre Dame at home in Reservoir Park in the first half of the uh, regional last night, or the sectional, I should say, uh, gets uh, three different, actually, I should say, four different tennis players off the state. Uh, They're going to conduct the semifinals starting this morning at 8.30, but Leah Quintero wins both of her matches, 6-0, 6-0, at the number one singles position. Jamie Steinkamp also in the final four in... The uh, in the singles draw, and Claire Moore and Abigail Lee from Quincy Notre Dame are still alive and kicking. They're going to state, but they have a chance to win a sectional title as well. Meanwhile, at the 2A sectional at Edwardsville, Atone Otojima, the number one player from Quincy High School and the number one seed, wins in straight games 6-0, 6-0 against Alton's Nikki Lowe and against Collinsville, Lindsay Taylor to punch her ticket to state. She's in the semifinals this morning, as is Olivia Clayton who won two matches as well. Finally, college soccer yesterday. Quincy University, a rough go of it down at Maryville. The Q- QU men lose three to nothing. JD Sohn, the Quincy eye product, with a pair of goals in the victory for Maryville, and the QU women lose to Maryville two to one. Is your final? All right, we're going to take a break when we come back. Kevin Miles from Palmyra will join us to talk about his team's comeback victory last night over Macon. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Deer. And welcome back to the Saturday Morning Ticket, everybody. Always a pleasure to be joined by the great Kevin Miles. And I know, Kevin, your team last night comes back and gets the big victory, 22-8, to uh, over at Hugh Dunfield, over Macon. And I know you've got rivalries and big rivalries with a lot of the other teams in the Clarence Cannon Conference. But it always seems like something weird and crazy happens when you and Pete's team kind of square up. And last night, you guys are mired in kind of an offensive funk until you weren't. Kind of what snapped and what went right for you last night in that third quarter?
1: well I mean I think you're right I think for one thing for sure is that we haven't beat making since like 2015 I mean it has been a long road with them and they've had our number and so I think that's the first thing I and mean, we talked to our kids about it so maybe we put them in a funk thinking gosh dang you know we just this is I don't know I don't know what to say there uh, but we didn't have school yesterday. I mean, I think that's, when we, that's the first thing you got to say. Anytime you play a game you don't have school, <laughs> it seems like no matter what you do, we brought the kids in at 9, we lifted weights, we played some games, we fed them food. I mean, I barbecued for them. I mean, so we try to get them on a normal schedule, but anytime you play a game you don't have school, it just really seems to throw you off.
0: Well, that's 15, 16, 17, and 18-year-old creatures of routine, and you're right, Kevin. Exactly. That, that, that does it all the time. Uh, let's talk a little bit, though, about your passing game, because that kind of seemed to set up your running game. I know going into that third quarter, you're having a tough time getting Dakota Compton established, and eventually he bounces back from a slow start. Had 100 yards last night, I think, rushing on 25 carries. But it all kind of opened up with a pass play you ran from Lenbauer to Abe Hare, that all of a sudden you went from you know down 8 to nothing and kind of struggling to get the going to, to finding your rhythm. And, and obviously that's a weapon that's kind of unique in Abe and the way you can pair him against people. Did you kind of instantly notice the energy go up when that, that touchdown happened, which I think was like 42 yards.
1: Yeah. And I think that's definitely, it. I mean, we, we talked to quarter a lot about quarters is, is he has been a great leader this year. He has been a great quarterback. He makes a lot of really good decisions. And I think maybe in the first half, he just was kind of pressed a little too much. And he just got to relax and just get in there and do what he does. And, and I thought he came out in the second half and just relaxed a little more, you know, and made a great throw to Abe. And you're right. I mean, when you have, you know, Abe, six foot five, I mean, big, long, athletic kid that really gets after it. And, and then when quarter can make the decisions and make the throws that he makes, those two are a pretty dynamic duo.
0: I've watched you play a lot of football over the years, Kevin, and I've seen you have all kinds of defenses and defenses that are specific player centric and and one guy kind of fuels it and you're not that way this year but what you have done probably more than any time i've seen you play is your defense just never seems to get flustered and especially when you start getting backed up to your own end i mean you held a really good and i know blake class got hurt last night but you held a really good explosive making team to just that one touchdown for for a lot of the night while taking punches on the rope those kids what is it about them i guess their resolve that allows them to hey we we gave up a play between the 30s but now we lock in
1: yeah and and, and that's exactly right and, and first i would say you know it's i hope that the class kid's okay i hope he just you know rolled his ankle and he gets back because i'm telling you what he is a dynamic kid that really really is a good football player and he makes them a lot better you know with that being said i mean yeah you're right i mean i, I don't know i think it's just it's just kind of what they are they're just kind of a blue collar group you know they just they just bring the work tail to you know to, to the game, and they just continue to get after it. And you know, I, yeah, I thought they had a great first half. I mean, you know, even though we gave up eight points and we didn't look very good, but you're right. I mean, there there we they fumble the ball. We had them to fumble the ball on the one yard line. I mean, this group just makes them snap it again. That's what we tell them: is just don't give up. Don't 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 just just do your job. You realize that at times it's not going to work because I'm telling you what, Macon has two kids that are just wow athletes. I mean, you know, the the I can't even say the kid's name. You know, the number three for them, he is a dude, man. I mean, that kid is fast. Our kids just kept playing. They just kept playing. They kept playing. They kept playing. And, you know, when you do that, you're going to make teams make mistakes.
0: Yeah, I assume you're talking about Christian Reichberg, the outstanding wide receiver, and I think you're probably talking about Caden Phillips, who's the biggest and maybe the best offensive lineman in the Tri-State. So you're right. Those are dudes. Your dudes, though, last night really bounced back nicely from Clark County. And we talk about resolve and that sort of determination to get back. That was an important win for you just based on the fact that I know you didn't like the way things went the week before when when momentum, which was clearly on your side early, kind of got away from you and spun.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you're right. I mean, they're not my guys. I mean, we 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 have some great kids, and we're, we're one of the more balanced teams we've had in a long time, and that's what's great about this is is that, you know, we can do a lot of things. Dakota's a great, you know, great running back. Quarter does a good job, you know, and then we got Abe and Cade, you know, uh, Cade Malone, you know, Cooper Hinkle, and we have a lot of kids that we can do some different things with. It reminds me a lot of Caleb Kaiser's group that just is a real balanced group that they can really do – the you know, numerous things offensively and defensively, you know, um, there's never just that one kid that's the guy. There's a lot of kids that just really get after it and play hard for each other.
0: I want to talk to you this because I, I know every single Monroe City Palmyra game is super important and the Mayor's Cup and the rivalry and everything's great. But but given the dynamics of the last couple of weeks and how tough this district is going to be, I, I think it's a really critical setup game for for the both of you and particularly for them after the loss last night because I know David Kirby wasn't happy with the way Clark County uh, you know absolutely handled them 42 to nothing last night. So there, there's a lot more at stake than just bragging rights and and, and the typical stuff with this. This really is setup time. I would think
1: yeah i mean definitely and you know what coach kirby is a, is a good dude and you know he's gonna have his kids ready and he's yeah they're not happy with what happened last night and you know what it's one of those things i mean clark's playing good right now so you just kind of got to take it with a grain of salt and just say okay we got to get ready because we know we're, we hope to see them again and we hope to keep playing so for all of us i mean it's gonna it's got home field advantage you know, um, connotations, it's got a lot of things that are going to happen. So it's going to be an electric atmosphere at Monroe. And like I said, you know, Dave's going to have his guys ready. You know, the basketball kid's going to be, you know, they're going to run hard. Their, their offense is pretty dynamic in itself. So that's what surprised me is that Clarkson did such a good job of shutting that offense down and, and, uh, you know, it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, you, know, our, our, you know, we hope our kids will be ready to be fired up and ready to go.
0: Last one for you, Kevin. And I don't want to ambush you with you because it's not a fair question to ask you directly about the Cardinal Ritter situation. And for people who don't know, Cardinal Ritter's entire coaching staff got fired last night and they forfeited the rest of the season. And a lot of people thought they were the de facto, hey, write them in as the Class 2 champs. Them not being a part of the equation, though, kind of opens things up a little bit more for everybody else. And, and that is also, I think, an incentive for people. Not that you didn't have incentive to go and, and do the best you can in the playoffs, but does it feel a little bit more like there that everything else has come a little more to earth when the playoffs do start and districts do start coming up next week?
1: Well, I think definitely. And, and first off, you want to say, hey, you know, good for the the Archdiocese to come out and make that stand you know for the for the to, to let those coaches go because you know every one of those guys knew that that was not okay. You know they they did something highly illegal and that's not okay. You hate it for the kids that are involved because it's not their fault. You know the kids are going to be only as good as the people that lead them. So you hate to see that the kids are being punished, but you know what? It is what it is and the coaches got to be better leaders. But you're right. And, you know, the, the great thing about that is, I mean, is, and I mean, we probably don't notice it as much because we wouldn't have seen them until a state championship game. I mean, we're lucky. Our side of the bracket, you know, was going to be, you know, we have Lamar, we have Clark, of course, we have, uh, you know, but a lot of those other schools, you know, Luther North and drinking Luther North's ones, going to be got to be super excited about it because they're in the same district. Exactly. So it's nice for them to not have to do that now. But they still got to go through Maryville. I mean, you got Maryville on that side of the bracket, which is going to be an unbelievable team, just like Blair Oaks was last year. So, you know, I know for for you know a lot of teams are going. Thank goodness because we watched them play Helias. Uh, we went to a Helias or Cardinal Ritter game, and it was like wow, those guys are thinking good. So you're right. I mean, that that really, everybody in the state's got to be going. Hey, now we got a chance because they they were they're legit. There's no doubt about that.
0: Well, well said, and I I really like the point about doing it the right way. And, Kevin, I know you always have. So congratulations to you on the big win last night. Good luck this week, and good luck looking ahead to the districts.
1: Hey, thanks, Chris. We appreciate your support. We appreciate all you do for us. Uh, It's a great day to be a Lamar Panther.
0: All righty. And when we come back, we're going to talk some excited, risen Hannibal football with Quentin Hamner. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. Welcome back to the Morning Ticket, everybody. We're going to continue over the next few minutes to try to get Quentin Hamner on the phone. But while we do, I want to illuminate people a little bit on that Cardinal Ritter situation that Kevin Miles was talking about earlier. Um, Cardinal Ritter had a kid who got suspended from a game and decided he was going to wear a freshman's number and play in the game anyway. In the very next game, they got caught doing it. Uh, it was a big Misha investigation into it. The school ran its own uh, investigation as well. Basically, they decreed that last night, uh, about yesterday afternoon, they decreed last night that they were going to suspend the coach and suspend the player in question for one game, and everybody thought that was the end of that, and then the archdiocese, as Kevin Miles uh, suggested, uh, weighed in and said, no, this is not right, This that's the wrong tone for our school and for the way we do things. And they basically fired the entire coaching staff yesterday on the spot and forfeited the Rest of the season. So instead of just forfeiting the seven games they had won after using an illegal player for one of them uh basically cardinal ritter pulled the plug on football and did the right thing eventually thanks to the pressure from the archdiocese rather from the school itself which sort of had gotten some some side eye i guess if you want to call it that from everybody else involved so there you have it that was the story on that now again as we continue to raise Quentin hamner and if we don't catch him today we'll catch him down the road here a little bit obviously need to make up uh, you know make a strong point about Hannibal bouncing back from that 0-3 start and winning their last five. got a big one coming up this week with Columbia Battle, which will be their regular season finale as well. Uh, Moving forward, let's talk a little bit about the schedule we've got on hand today, and it is a big one for you. Lots of playoff action again. We'll have a, a crew over in beautiful Bloomington, Normal, to track uh, Alex McCullough's progress today and tell you if he indeed will be the state champion, if the Quincy Notre Dame uh, boys as well can make a move up and, and get that bigger trophy. Also today, we're tracking a lot of district softball action, championship day today in three different locales that matter to us. At Montgomery City today, it will be Bowling Green, the two-time defending state champion, taking on a really good Monroe City squad. Winner of that game will get the winner, of course, of the the Palmyra Highland game taking place now at noon, and that is a change start time at noon up in Cahoka as Palmyra and Highland go at it. Highland got Palmyra once this season, have some great pitching in Lauren Merrill, and Palmyra might have one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the area, so that's a really interesting matchup. And then in uh, beautiful Edina in Class One District 9, the championship game will pair Canton, who's been an absolute powerhouse this season, against an upstart Scotland County team that, uh, you know, end up looking really good. And beating Knox County the other night. So that's the big softball doings. Again, more tennis coming your way tonight on the big overtime show as well, as we already have as we mentioned, five state qualifiers. We'll see if we also have sectional champions at the back end of the tennis today. Also going on this afternoon, 11 a.m., if you're looking for something to do in the city of Quincy, huge matchup for the defending state champion, Quincy Notre Dame soccer squad, as they are at home hosting the regional championship game against Beardstown. And before you get dismissive of that, remember that Beardstown actually led Quincy Notre Dame in a regular season meeting at halftime, 1-0 this season, and actually I think ended up losing just 3-2 when it was all said and done. So, Quincy Notre Dame is not getting a take cakewalk to a regional championship, and in fact, Beardstown uh, with a really good win the other night, 3-1 over Monroes, uh, they're just a grindy, kind of really tough team to play. They're, they're, it's really hard to get organized against them, and they're a pretty physical soccer team as well. So, Quincy Notre Dame with its hands full today, we've got that. On tap for you. Obviously, we've got some high school football tonight. Highland and Knox County are playing a late game due to the officiating shortage, so they'll play at 7 o'clock tonight. There's college football, and I know things haven't been great in our area for college football this season, but we've got Quincy University on the road at Southwest Baptist, we're tracking. Winless Western Illinois is at home against Illinois State. Culver Stockton's at home against fourth-ranked Grandview, and that's an important game for us just because we get Central League superstar, former superstar Ben Rooney back home, provided he's healthy, because I don't think he played two weeks ago, but he is a former junior college All-American who's now back and doing great things at wide receiver for the number four team in all of NAIA football. So big test today for Culver Stockton there as well. I'm telling you, it is a monster day for us. Also have some college soccer tonight with Culver Stockton at home for both the men and women. And So we're going to be moving like mad. You're going to be able to catch all of it. We'll do all the hard work for you. We're like the scrubbing bubbles. We work hard so you don't have to. Uh, you will be able to see all of that tonight on Overtime at 1030. And again... What a week it has been, starting back with the, uh, you know, with the sectional of death in golf on Monday. It just seems like every day this week has been insanely fun. And, and that's why we do it this time of year. It just, it takes the intensity up, ratchets things up, and, and we've had a really good time every single day. Yesterday, and I, I've been doing this for 25 years, yesterday was one of the most memorable Fridays, at least the most memorable since both Alana West and Concord Triopia won state football championships on the same day. Uh, it really was insane yesterday, and I got a chance to be there in beautiful, uh, Bloomington Normal to watch Alex McCullough. And it's just when he starts going on those binges with those birdies, it's absolute insanity. And we'll hope he's got another one in him today. And again, he's got another year to go. Kids insane. And if you didn't hear it yesterday, Mike Small, the head coach from the Illinois, University of Illinois golf team, was there to watch it. He wanted to get a recruiting look see. I, I think he saw a lot. That's the same guy that recruited Luke Guthrie. Hopefully Alex McCullough is our next export either to Illinois or wherever he wants to go because he's that darn good. Hey, we're all out of time here on The Morning Ticket. Thanks for getting up early with us. We'll be right back here next Saturday, probably talking about some playoff potential pairings in Illinois. We'll see you then, everybody. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of The Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.